I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could have me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. It is Tommy Moore! Robbie, Robbie, weekly. Little reverse pass, and Hello everyone and welcome to the 42 Rugby Weekly. Gavin Casey here as always as we look ahead to this seismic second test between the Lions and the Springboks and I'm delighted to be joined by Murray Kinsler of the 42 to do so. Murray, how are you? I'm good. I'm relieved that people don't do hour-long reviews of my performance every match and every weekend but aside from that I'm good. I'm invigorated by Razzie's latest bizarre outburst and looking forward to the second test. Oh, we'll get into it. Don't you worry about that. Bernard Jackman, did you ever think we'd have a podcast dictated by a Vimeo link that pops up in the wee hours of the morning? <laughs> Look, I think he's done a phenomenal job of shielding his players from the criticism that they would have been subject to if people really looked into their their second half collapse. Um, it's all about Razzie and he, he hasn't, I mean, you know, there's a lot of criticism, speculation, uh, Monday, Tuesday, or, you know, he's he's doing himself a disservice. He's ruined his reputation. He's just doubled down. He is he is uh, determined to make it about him, to deflect all talk and put the pressure back on the referees. He feels Warren Gatland won that battle. Um, and yeah, I, I thought it's fascinating. <clears throat> it's definitely, I don't think it's a rant. I think it's, I don't know, I, I'm the expert in rants, but he actually goes through the process of what caused this necessity to go to social media. And uh, I sympathise with him. I sympathise with him. I mean, you know, Nick Berry still being asleep at five o'clock on Sunday. I'm sure that, that you know, like he just, you know, it's um, maybe giving too much detail. You know, the fact that Joel Juge has his answer machine in French, you know, that's pretty understandable and, and Razzie Razzie felt he couldn't leave a message because he didn't understand what Joel Juge was saying on his answer phone but uh, yeah it's um, it's it, it's fascinating it's made it completely uh, I think it's interesting because in fairness he's not just going oh the ref is biased the ref is blind um, he is giving us examples and, and I think I think the examples he's shown um, are legit um, I do think you know getting the post-match review on a Tuesday is too slow you know, let's be honest. Uh, it is too slow, and and um, you know the team, the teams are selected on Monday. Uh, it is better to get clarity on Sunday. And if the if the referees have to get together on Sunday, you know, so be it. They don't have much to do on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Whereas the coaches, that's where they need to implement whatever change they're going to make. So I think he has some some genuine concerns. Obviously, it's new to everybody, um, but he's not throwing a, a grenade out there and then you know just going behind. Um, uh, a, a Chinese wall and just not do media. He's been out there and he's he went to the press conference. Um, you know, uh, was it Tuesday where you were at? A, you would have been there with with Jack Nienabar. You know, he's out there and he's engaging with people. People mightn't like how he's doing it, but I think um, I think he's seen Gatland probe and push. In, you know, in the media in a more subtle way, um, and particularly around the stuff around Marius Yonker. Um, you know, Gatlin did put him in a very difficult position. Uh, and oh, sorry, he was put in a very difficult position by World Rugby, and Gatlin ramped that up. And I think Razzie sees the whole Test series on the line, and he's doing whatever it takes to to try and either win the referee battle or get fair play. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much he thinks he can influence it, but definitely looking to to get fair play. So. It's I, I I'm enjoying it. I still have about ten minutes left. I have, I couldn't listen to the whole <laughs> uh, one hour, but 
uh, I, I enjoyed it. Murray, it kind of reminds me of 2015 when people thought that the actor Shia LaBeouf was gone absolutely off the wall and he'd staged this self-indulgent marathon of his own movies, inviting people, the media, the public to a theatre to watch through uh, his entire career, including the mistakes within it. The only difference this time around is that at the end of Shia LaBeouf's All My Movies, there was an element of poignancy to it. And I think people actually were brought on side. This time around, the mistakes in question are all focused on the match officials for an hour. And it is unusual. Uh, you told me just before we came on air that you felt Bernard might have some sympathy towards Razi. And I think we'll look at this from both sides, certainly. But also to put the spotlight on somebody for an hour, uh, as you mentioned, a, a performance review and for it to be public. That's the big thing here. In no real other sporting context would you have such intensive analysis of one person's performance if we're talking about Nick Burry for an hour after the fact in public view like even if you think of something like Monday Night Football on Sky Sports Gary Neville or Jamie Carragher whoever will might go through a game for 45 minutes but like you're talking about different individuals it's not just centered on one person or, or the referee uh, that's where this is different and I think it's where a lot of people's um, backs will be raised, if you know what I mean, in the sense that it feels quite personal, even if it is quite clinical in how he executes it. Yeah, it is personal in the sense that it's Nick Barry's errors and non-decisions and his criticisms of those decisions that he is reflecting on. But the point is bigger here. And that's why I felt Bernard would have sympathy with him. I think there'll be quite a few head coaches who will look at this and go, oh, finally, someone said it publicly. I actually think this has been coming for a long time. I don't agree with the way he's done it. I'm surprised that he's done it in the middle of a Lions test series, the biggest occasion. But maybe that's why he's decided to do it. Head coaches, directors of rugby have been pulling their hair out at this for years. The, the slow reply and, and feedback they get, the fact that they don't agree with refereeing decisions, they don't feel the standard is, is particularly high. Birch has discussed that quite often on, on this podcast. Um, so in that sense, it definitely has been coming Um and it feels so strange because he's doing it on Vimeo, you know, and his Twitter stuff has been so strange for us as well. But he says in the video, Twitter and social media is the media now and Vimeo is the media and so is YouTube. Um, so maybe the rest of us just need to get used to the fact that it doesn't have to be in a traditional press conference like Gats, who's not on Twitter, has no interest in that. He's using these platforms to get his message out the same as Gatlin did as Erasmus says, he, he complains about the, the Lions moaning before the first test about highlighting Maris Yonker, Yonker's position, putting him in an uncomfortable uh, place and that kind of stuff. So he's gone with a, di a different route of doing it. Um, and then the other side of me goes, like, why don't you do an hour-long video of your players absolutely botching a winning position? You know, he could go into massive depth on those mistakes that his 15 players and his subs made. I'm sure they're far more than the 26 Berry incidents like I don't agree with all the, the bits that Erasmus goes through you, you do need an hour to, to kind of discuss them and, and bounce them back and forward um, or the mistakes that he and, and Jack Nienaber made I mean they got their selection wrong they tactically I mean they did put their hand up in fairness during the week and, and say that but they made plenty of errors too and you don't see Razzie coming out with a video to highlight those I think if the Lions went through this game they'd probably pick out plenty of stuff as well that, that we all missed or that the referee missed at the time. Now, having said that, the, the yellow card non-decision around Hamish Watson was a really obvious one and some of the other ones that Razzie highlights, you really can't argue with. But it does feel like a, a really stinging 
I suppose, personal review for Nick Berry. And it puts the match officials in a really tough position now this weekend. Like that's partly the, the motivation here as well. They're going to have all sorts of doubts um, and worries in their own mind. And maybe that'll work out for, for the box or maybe it'll just make the, the match officials more hopeful and determined that they, they don't win this series. Um, listen, it's unprecedented, but I do think that something like this has been bubbling away and now it's come to a head and we've seen a, a massively high profile figure come out and do it. I, I don't think he's completely lost the head. He does look like he's quite tired, but that's to be expected. These guys just work around the clock during series like this. Um, but he's he's calculated, isn't he? And, and he feels that this is the best thing to do for his team. I, I think Birch nailed it there. No one's talking about the box and that hour-long video they could do about their own shortcomings. They're, they're talking about Razzie. But yeah, just uh, Murray, I think um, like there's no doubt that they would have reviewed, had an hour-long review of their own performance as well. But that stays behind um, the four, you know, within the four walls of the of the team meeting room. And while Razzie's out doing that Vimeo, um, you know, <clears throat> Jack Niedermeyer, Felix Jones, etc., are working with the players to put it right this week. Um, I don't, look at. I think, yeah, selection. The selection mistakes. Didn't didn't play out the way, you know, um, it could have. But I think if you know, in in hindsight, like we wouldn't have thought that that front row would have come on and struggled. You know what I mean? Like in fairness, and that so the, you have to make a decision based on your on your good feeling. And they felt the second half um, that Mal Herb and, and Kitschoff and Malcolm Marks would come on and add to what they did in the first half. As it turned out, Mako, who wasn't even in the squad or originally, comes comes in. And has a big influence on the game. And I look at and and Mako, you could you could argue some of the penalties that Mako won should have been the other way as well. So it's a, it's a difficult one. Um, you know, tactically, what did they do wrong? They're not good at chasing the game. They they like they're a team that we said and praised for being able to stick to plan A, stick to plan A, stick to plan A. Um, I don't think they have a plan B, and I think. That's obviously, a, you could say it's a weakness, but it's got them to a World Cup final and they were very competitive in the first test, you know. Um, so I think what we're going to see this weekend is is plan A done better with, with Vise hopefully coming in for them, you know, uh, and have less errors than Quagga did. And even though Quagga only had two errors, big errors, that's what can decide a, a test series uh, or a test game. So, um, like, I think Vermeulen, and I... I have it on good authority that if the box win Saturday, Vermeulen will play Test Three, and I think he is a massive loss to the box. And and apart from his ability in the backfield on high kicks, um, look at Sia Khaleesi as a captain, and how he struggled to get any connection or influence over Nick Berry in that second half. I think Sia Khaleesi, in fairness to him, had COVID lack and match practice he was just hanging in himself to try and stay in the game uh, he was under so much pressure from a physical point of view having not been match fit and then not having Vermeulen beside him Vermeulen I think has a massive influence on the leadership qualities of Sia Khaleesi as well he's just an extra experienced guy in the back row and I felt they lacked that so yeah my information is if the box can win this week They'll rush for Mullen back to to play into the cider, which would be a massive boost to them um, going into the you know the final week if it's all to play for. Yeah, that's interesting because Razi has insinuated in this video, or rather, he's openly stated that he felt there was a lack of respect for Sia Khaleesi compared to Alan Wynne Jones. 
Like he reiterates that a number of times. He said there was a lack of respect for the Springboks as a as a whole, which is it's obviously a big enough accusation to make. I felt at the time of the Hamish Watson yellow in particular that C. Khaleesi really should have been all over the referee, a little bit more assertive in, in that instance. But Razi's suggesting that the referee wasn't listening to him. As he insinuates really that there was almost like a bias, a pre-biased thing from the referees based on the lines kind of moaning about the TMO, etc. Um, and it's a, it's a pretty big statement to make. So just on that, I'll be fascinated to see what happens here with World Rugby. Like this is not one of the times they can be quiet here. As I said, I think it's been coming, but they've got to give us an answer on whether this is acceptable, that people can openly review refereeing performances in such a critical manner, can detail how the, the interactions go behind the scenes or whether that's unacceptable. And Razi Erasmus himself has said that, listen, if, if I have to stand down from my position with the spring box because of this video, that's what I'll do. Obviously, that's quite dramatic, but... I'd be really interested to see what World Rugby do. Often we don't hear from them for a week after this kind of stuff, but they've got to come out and, and do something here, in my opinion. Yeah, but Murray, coaches are fed up. I mean, I, you know, you know, our WhatsApp group is called, is called The Apologist because that's all you ever get. Um, and, you know, so coaches are used to sending that type of footage that Razzie has, has sent. You know, he talked about sending it via Airbridge or WeTransfer, um, you know, with, with graphics, asking for clarifications. And invariably... You know, you're you're told, you know, yeah, you're right, absolutely, yeah, that was that penalty should have been the other way, or, or that should have been a yellow card, or that should have been a red card, or that shouldn't have been a red card, or that's Troy, and it's just going on for five years and six years. Um, now at international level, um, maybe it's a it's a it's a little bit better, but like, what changes? I mean, coaches are 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 are, are you know in the in the spotlight as referees are, um, but I think if anything comes from this. It's for World Rugby to cl- clear up what's allowed by coaches um, and what's not. But you know, le- like let's be honest, a full-time referee, you know, it, Saturday's your is your day to perform. Um, you know, could you not work Sunday uh, with your team and actually deal with the review on a Sunday so the coaches can actually implement w- uh, whatever needs to be done to make the game safer, etc. Uh, make the game less penalty um, full the following week and take your day off on a on a Wednesday Thursday you know or whatever so I just think you know they're full time uh, there's I don't see any reason why uh, and I think it's nonsense that the coaches get the feedback on Tuesday uh, the winning team won't care you know they're happy enough but it's the it's the losing team and the team who feel that there was contentious decisions that went that went against them I think that's that has to be tidied up yeah, because you start the video. You start the video. Sorry, last thing. You start the video thinking exactly what you said. This is just maniac stuff. But as it goes on, you kind of go, yeah, that's that's actually a fairish point if a little bit aggressively made or whatever. Um, and there's there's definitely loads of truth in there as well as you can reserve the right to be, I suppose, surprised that this is the avenue has gone down. And I, I agree that only hearing on Tuesday is, is massively frustrating for people. Obviously, Joe Schmidt went into this role as director of rugby and high performance with World Rugby, partly to try and sort out all this stuff. So he's integrally involved in this. And he's a guy who has done, I would say, well over hour-long reviews of, of refereeing performances for a long time and had these exact same frustrations as a head coach. So I suppose if there's an advantage to that, it's that he's been in that position as well when they're, they're trying to get this sorted out. I know you said last thing, Murray. Um, let's call that the second last thing. I just want to go back to the very start. And 
ask you, Bernard, as much as you do sympathise with Razi and as much as coaches around the world uh, will sympathise with his cause, let's say, I can't avoid the feeling that the methodology and how he went about it is just wrong like or unfair, you know, because you're talking about there a five, six year trend from the top down, really, uh, when it comes to officiating. But this video is centered on one refereeing performance that, okay, like there were definitely mistakes in there. When people watch a video, they'll see that for themselves. Equally, the Lions will have been able to point towards a few that aren't included. But that's just a game of rugby. Like, I, I, I know part of the problem is that these mistakes are happening all of the time. But what, like, for Nick Burry, like watching that and basically having the type of review that should be held internally, as you say, Bernard, like the Springboks will have looked at their own performance and they will have kept that in-house because if they did publish that and you're giving lads bollockings on your own team, it's not a good look. So is it not just wrong to do that to a guy so publicly the way they've done with Burry and his team. Yeah, it's not look I don't think it's right. I do feel sorry for, for Nick Burry and, and his team. But I mean like when does it like I would I would put it back on, on World Rugby and, and and I don't I absolve Joe because he's not in there long enough. Um, and I do think he is the man to to make change. But I think it's within the refereeing itself in that there's no consequences, you know, the, like the same, like we've seen it, we see it week in, week out, that there's such a short, small pool of referees who are contracted that effectively poor performances, there's there's no consequences in terms of selection for, very little consequence in terms of selection for next week. You know, they just move on to another game and, um, you know, it, it seems to be pot luck if they're going to be much better the week after. So, I think refereeing is a, is a problem for world rugby at the moment, uh, and I've said it. Uh, I think it's 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 at a very fine line between becoming detrimental to the game and the growth of the game. Um, and I don't think referees have been able to keep up uh, with with the advances in, in in players. And players are, are are smarter, and players are trying to milk penalties, etc. But like, I, I think I think if you're uh, if you're if you're Razzie in the situation, like I'd love to know what Murray thinks about the uh, Colby and Mako one. You know what I mean? Like. You know, he's saying it's fair. like I, I, I actually feel that okay. Mako obviously thinks Kobe's milking it, but like God forbid, Mac, like Kobe could have actually been injured there because he was tackling the air and he did land on his back. Like it's such a, it's such a fine line, and, and people are saying, oh, he's just pushing his look there. Kobe was fine, but like what? Like the touch judge was right beside us. Uh, he was tackled in the air, you know, and then, you know, he's picked up off the ground when he could be injured. Like, there's so many little things that if you're a coach, you got to try and protect your players. Um, and as I said, this isn't an overnight decision. This is frustration with probably the feedback. And I think it's going to be hard, very hard for Joe. I, I do think Joe will get it done, but I think not being a referee um, and the way he was with referees as a coach, um, I think it's, you know, it's going to be very, very difficult to change behaviors and um and I do feel sorry for Nick Berry but I think Nick Berry's just the, the guy who had a bad game under the most you know uh serious spotlight when there's not much other rugby going on and hopefully you know uh, hopefully this isn't something that happens every week hopefully World Rugby and, and the referees and the coaches get their act together and improve that process um and improve the refereeing standards and it's not something that we have to talk about every week Murray, what were your thoughts on the Macabunapola and Cheslin Colby incident? Yeah, absolutely. He makes he makes fair points and, and pulling someone off the ground. And even around the decision, like Colby is probably just about taken out in the air. His feet do get down to ground. But I mean, that's so hard to make that decision live. Refereeing is really, really hard to do. Like Razzie should probably get out there and do a few more games himself. And I think all head coaches 
I completely understand where they're coming from, but I, I do think they over-focus on the refereeing gray areas probably more than their own team shortcomings very often. Like This is an insight into how, as you say, Birch, how it happens behind the scenes and the amount of time they spend on these things, agitating over them, obsessing over them. And listen, there's loads of different... Just me, me and Gav just said there, there was like 41 screenshots that Rasmus goes through. I think he probably could have picked out more of them. Again, I wouldn't agree with every single one of them, but lots of them are fair. I do think the Lions could do similar in it. And that's just the reality of rugby in, in many ways. It's very hard to get absolutely everything nailed on. I do think there were some big ones missing in this game. but Yeah, but Murray, Murray, Murray the, the first scrum penalty where he called advantage over, like when have you seen that? Like when have you seen advantage over after after eight seconds? And then obviously the Lions go 40 metres up the field. and he got like So if you're Razzie and you're on the sideline and you're seeing these little things it, it obviously frustrates you and luckily he has the credibility in the game having won a World Cup to basically feel comfortable enough in his own skin to go out there and put himself out there and, and potentially damage his reputation like it's a it's a huge call from him but uh, I, I, I could, I'm, I, absolutely the Gatlins could find stuff as well but I think he's been pushed into this situation um, and uh, I, I can totally see where he's coming from and I, again I don't want this to happen every week but like I, I, I've I've sensed it coming. Unfortunately, it's happened when the the spotlight of war of the world is on 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 rugby and and this line series. But I think it needed to happen. Um, and hopefully, hopefully that there's uh, that there's improvement going forward. So, listeners at home, when you started this podcast, you might have noticed it's a little bit truncated compared to the usual Thursday entries. We will be on later on for the 42 members with Bernard Jackman Murray and BJ Botha joining us from South Africa. He's going to look at the scrum as the lads are going to share their screens with everybody at home and do some video analysis of their own. Although that's not really why uh, today's podcast is short. It's just absolutely manic at the moment with Olympics, Lions press conferences and things like that. We do actually have a game to talk about here as well before we go. The only thing is, Murray, uh, as you were saying to me just before we started recording, it's difficult to see the second test playing out differently, stylistically, let's say, than the first one. It doesn't seem realistic to expect a completely different type of game it may have a different outcome and those little moments may just move in different directions. Yeah, absolutely. Even the the selections, I suppose. And Warren Gallen's been very out there in, in terms of what he's expecting from, from the start of the game. Probably a lot of what we saw in the second half where the lines are looking to their kicking game where they're being very direct when they do have the ball and they're probably not looking for that bit of wit that they did in the, in the first half against the box and, and got punished a couple of times. Um, so, so yeah, I, I would imagine it'll be as you say, stylistically similar, lots of kicking, really confrontational, the set-piece battle, absolutely huge. And the margins were very fine in the first test, obviously. like we, It was really in the balance all the way through, as Razzie's highlighted with, with many of his decisions. Um, and it could it could have gone their way, absolutely. I, I don't think the... I suppose there's been real confidence around the lines getting this sealed up this weekend, but I don't see it in that, in that way at all. I think it really will be in the balance all the way again. The box of... In their in their opinion, probably beefed up that that pack a little bit, and Jasper Visa gets a, a go at number eight after Quagga Smith's couple of errors in in the second half last weekend. So they'll feel they're the stronger for that. They'll feel they're the stronger physically and and aerobically for for getting that hit out. We saw them definitely fade a little bit as expected probably in the first test, but you just imagine them coming out absolutely ferociously in the first half, and and that's what Gatland is his strength in his team for. So. It's going to be 
very similar-ish in, in terms of how it looks, but no less absorbing for that. Like, obviously, there wasn't a lot of ball in play. There wasn't many line breaks last weekend, but I thought it was really thrilling to watch in a different way. Birch, having got the A game under their belts, seven or eight of them, and having gotten that first test now under their belts as well, it feels absolutely essential for the Lions against this South Africa team to actually make a better start this time around. Because as Murray says, the Springboks did fade, as you'd expect in the second half last time out. They probably faded a little bit in that A game as well, but that's not going to keep happening. Like there is going, going to come a point where they're at max capacity, max sharpness. And if they are able to build an early lead, it may be unassailable very quickly. So how do the Lions go about changing that early doors this time, particularly when this is going to be a ravenous Springbok team hell bent on revenge? Yeah, I think I think basically just some people were messaging me saying, "Oh, the box won't be any fitter." You actually, they will be, um, and sometimes it's your second game back where you get a dip. It's harder. It's harder than your first game. So I think we were all shocked by how intense the box were in that A game, um, and they did they did paper, taper off, but they were absolutely you know on the money physically for 50, 60 minutes. Second game, they started quite well, but there wasn't the same ferocity there, and the Lions were ready for it as well. So the Lions knew where they'd been poor in the A game. I do think there'll be a bounce back. I think that game will have done them a hell of a lot of good, and some of them are now facing their third game, and someone, a couple of them, their fourth game, the guys who played against Georgia. So um, uh, I think that the box will be better physically, uh, but the Lions can't let... The, if the Lions can get the first couple of scores... I think it's all over. I don't see the box being able to claw their way back into the game. They're not good at chasing a lead. Um, and I think Gatland has, having won the first test, picking Murray, um, picking Harris, he's abandoned. Like the Gregor Towns in attack, uh, it's just forgotten about now. It's basically going back to uh, Warren Ball, you know, kicking contestables, keeping the ball in the field on the field of play, uh, not giving the box line outs and hoping they win back you know, 55% of those aerial contests and that could be enough. That could be actually enough. It's going to be horrible unless you enjoy physical punishment uh, and enjoy contestables. Like it's, because Gatlin Gatlin is dead right. He's, he he wins the series by a point with a last minute drop goal on, on, on Saturday. The job done. You know what I mean? There's no point in trying to, I know that we got Henshaw way down the right just before half time, and there was a little glimpse uh, where they broke down the left hand side with Conan in the first half. But realistically, there's no evidence to suggest that the Lions, ball in hand, have found the keys to unlock the the box from an attacking point of view, right? From a, a ball in hand point of view. So I, I don't see why you would risk that now. If they had lost the first test, yeah, go after it again and, and see what you can do. But now, basically, you just need to get the uh, the scraps. They need to get those balls that are 50-50s in the air and um, and just live off scraps and and kick goals and the, the series is won. So um, I think Gatlin's picked the team to do that. I think Fallas out coming onto the bench is, is you know is a sign of, of needing that um, kind of experience campaign. Or nothing against Hamish Watson, but just he's gone with tried and tested. And yeah, I think it's going to be absolutely fascinating from a, a strategy point of view. Um, but it's not going to be like sevens it's going to be sheer physicality um and yeah gats gats sneaks it it's all over you know call it for a so murray and i'll come back to bernard for a prediction oh i'm probably leaning towards lines now my prediction streak is absolutely horrific at the moment i don't think i've got one right all season to be honest but that's my gut feeling so i'll go with that yeah box 
I hope the box just for the coin to the week three because I think Gatlin will change the team up. Gatlin will change the team up, but it'll lose it'll lose a lot. So uh, I think the box will be better, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to come down to a refereeing decision. And Razzie is Razzie is pushing. He's pushing. Like in fairness, we spent we spent fifty minutes talking about Razzie. Uh, so exactly what we said, <laughs> it, it, it's working. You know, it's working. Yeah, that'll be magic if it goes if it goes down to yeah. three. I mean, this series has given us so much. I know people will feel Raz did the wrong thing, but as a member of the media, can I say more of this? It's just going for people <laughs> like me who have to write about the series and build it up. And it's definitely increased the engagement. Maybe there's a bit of negativity in there. And that's what Razzie felt. But people are really absorbed by it. And it'd be brilliant to get a third test with everything on the line. Can I just say I'd like to distance myself from those comments. Uh, I think it's very unfair. And Nick Berry, in the interest of hashtag balance, <laughs> No, listen, it, it was great to chat, lads. I know it was a little bit shorter than uh, usual, but we will be back, as I say, to everyone at home uh, later on this evening, half past seven, as we record on a Thursday. And it's for the 42 members. If you want to support our work, which is free but costs money, uh, it would be greatly appreciated and you'll be able to join us on that call with Murray, Bernard and BJ Bolta. We'll go for about 90 minutes, I think, this evening and look ahead to that second test in excruciating detail looking forward to it thanks a million to everybody who tuned in today and thanks a million for everyone's continued support all of the members existing members that is uh we'll be back over the weekend with plenty of members analysis podcasts and back again in this regular slot next thursday until then enjoy this second test mind yourselves take it easy i don't think we've met before but i'm the referee on this field leinster could have me five million a year i wouldn't go <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Robbie weekly. Little reverse pass. Hello!